0: Hi, this is Sandy Simpson from Apologetics Coordination Team. Thank you for choosing one of our podcasts, and I hope that you enjoy it, and it's a help to you. Okay, uh, welcome back, everybody. I'm so glad to be back myself, and uh, as I was explaining earlier, uh, things went really well up there in Canada. So glad to have met Blair, and uh, the crew up there, please be praying for them. They are thinking about trying to start a church there and I looks like they have enough people to do it. They certainly had enough people come to our uh, uh, conference and uh, I'm told they really enjoyed it. I think I may have sold out my books and um, there's a possibility of doing another one in another part of Canada later on so i'm just i'm happy to be able to uh, you know agree to do that kind of stuff um i trust all is well with you all and that you had a good time while i was gone um and today we are continuing on with our second corinthians study um in uh, chapter 12 and the first part is paul talking about his vision and his thorn starting in verse 1 i must go on boasting although there's nothing to be gained i will go on to visions and revelations from the lord i know a man in christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven whether it was in the body or out of the body i do not know god knows And I know that this man, whether in body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth but I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Interesting uh, topics here. Now, several issues come up in this first section. First, God does give visions and revelations even today, but any vision or revelation needs to be tested against the written word of God. And that's because we need to test test whether or not those visions are true or false. One way you can tell this vision was real was that the man was not permitted to tell what he saw in the third heaven or paradise. Daniel was told to seal up what he saw about the future and what he read in the scroll. Sometimes God gave visions to the prophets meant to be told to warn the people of Israel. And there are things in heaven that must not be revealed at this time or incomprehensible now. Someday, though, we will understand those things. First Corinthians 13, 12. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in uh, in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. People who have written books claiming to go to heaven and go into great detail describing what they allegedly have seen there. You know what? They're not telling the truth. There are things in heaven we don't understand and could never describe. Job 36, 26 says, how great is God beyond our understanding. The number of his ears is past finding out. Besides this. John states that no one has gone to heaven physically except Jesus Christ. John 3, 13, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Now, there have been many who've had visions of heaven, including Paul and John. There were two instances in the Old Testament where Enoch and Elijah were taken to heaven without dying. But no one has come from heaven except Jesus Christ who came from heaven, returned to heaven, and will come again. No man makes trips to heaven and back. Many commentators believe that Paul is actually talking about himself and his Damascus Road ex- experience. He didn't want to brag, so that's why he was talking about himself in a third person. The Damascus experience occurred around 37 AD And when he wrote this letter, that was about 50 A.D. So this is surely talking about Paul's vision. It's the right timing. Now, Paul reveals that in this vision, he saw what was in heaven, but was not allowed to speak of it. This is why he did not speak of seeing heaven until he reveals this information. I knew a man. He then reveals he was not permitted to tell what he saw there. A third issue is when Jesus told the thief at his, res, at his crucifixion that he would be with him that day in paradise. He was talking about the third heaven. Christians, when they go to sleep, go to be with the Lord. Second Corinthians 5.8, we are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at, and at home with the Lord. Luke 23 43 Jesus answered him I tell you the truth today you'll be with me in paradise. When we leave this body as born again Christians, our spirits will be at home with Christ. Christ is in heaven, the third heaven or paradise. So we know when the word paradise is used, it means the third heaven where God dwells. The first heaven is our sky. The second heaven is the universe, and the third heaven is outside the universe in a spiritual dimension. How do we know that paradise is the third heaven? It's right there in our text. Verse 2, I know a man of Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows, was caught up to paradise. So we know that that's what heaven is. Paul refrains from boasting about himself even while while talking about his own experience. But Paul was always careful not to exaggerate or tell fantastic stories of heavenly visions even though he could. Bragging about visions you claim are from God is one of the marks of a false teacher. Verse seven to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations. There was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Verse 7 makes an even stronger case that he's talking about himself, because he states, to keep me from being conceited. God knows that the devil often uses things God has done through us to try to puff us up and make us conceited. He knows all about the pride of man. I've told you guys this story before, but I'll do it briefly again. I was in a church, and after my message, a guy came up to me who was supposedly a prophet. He wanted to lay hands on me, and I wouldn't let him. (laughs) But he said, I have a prophecy for you you're going to raise the dead in Micronesia. Well, of course I believe that God can raise the dead, but I had to ask myself, why would I need to know about that ahead of time? Wouldn't that just kind of puff me up and make me feel like I'm special? You know what, that's, you know that that's the enemy attacking when he tries to puff up your pride. So God allowed a thorn in Paul's flesh to keep him humble. What was that thorn? Barnes says that his vision in Damascus may have caused a paralytic disorder that made it difficult for him to speak publicly and the devil used this to try to make him give up. Some also suggested it was lust or some headaches or earaches. Since Paul was ill from time to time, it was suggested that it might have been a recurring illness. Some suggest he was talking about someone like Alexander the coppersmith and the campaign he was on to try to ruin Paul's ministry. In any case, it doesn't matter what the devil was using to torment Paul. God was allowing it. And it was for Paul's spiritual benefit. Ooh, something to remember, folks. The point is that God does allow the enemy to torment us from time to time and test us from without and from within. You know what? We cannot be possessed as Christians, but we can be sorely oppressed to a very deep level. The argument that the Holy Spirit cannot share space with a demon or devil is actually ludicrous. Uh, Satan, of course, he went to heaven to ask, God to allow him to torture Job. And that's why when God allows the enemy to test us, we cannot ask God to tell the enemy to stop, but he may, we can ask him to to tell the enemy to stop, but he may just be allowing it to test our faith. Remember Job. God says to us, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Oh, that is something that made Christianity completely different from all other religions. God didn't want Paul to rely on his learning, on his own strength, but solely on the Lord. When we're weak in the face of the enemy, God's strength shines through. Where we are weak, he is strong. 1 Corinthians 1.27, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. You know, we need to come to the point with Paul where we actually delight in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties. Because then we will know when I am weak that I am strong. You know, that's hard to do unless you have faith. True faith in the Lord helps us to have the right attitude and perspective through the hard times. The the perspective is we give glory to the Lord when we're weak and put down. And the Lord, of course, will save us in due season. Galatians 6, nine, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up psalm 72 13 he will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death psalm 12 5 because of the oppression of the weak and the groaning of the needy i will now arise says the lord i will protect them from those who malign them we can depend on the lord's protection for us He will not allow us to go through anything that we can't handle through him. Paul then goes on to voice concern for the Corinthians. Verse 11. I've made a fool of myself, but you drove me to it. (laughs) I ought to have been condemned by you, for I am not in the least inferior to the super apostles, even though I am nothing. The things that mark an apostle, signs, wonders and miracles were done among you with great perseverance. How were you inferior to other churches except that I was never a burden to you? Forgive me this wrong. Again, Paul makes a crack about those who consider themselves to be super apostles. Those were especially the early Gnostics and Jews who came around the churches Claiming they had equal or higher authority than Paul. The Gnostics taught that Jesus Christ was a spirit and not a real physical human being. They also taught that they had special revelation knowledge, different from Paul's. Some Jews who claimed to be Christians said the Gentiles had to be circumcised and observe the Mosaic law. But these things Paul refuted and condemned. Not only that, but the Lord had validated paul's ministry with real signs and wonders unlike the lying signs and wonders of people like well for instance simon the sorcerer simon drew big crowds with his magic trips tricks but when he tried to buy the ability to impart the holy spirit and do miracles like the apostles he was rebuked for having the wrong motives and told to repent which he did not uh this is a historical fact <clears throat> we know that simon later known as simon magus did not repent and it was one of the early gnostics actually in the bible he was called by his followers in acts eight ten the great power of god this is something that was written about simon simon was a famous magician who lived during the reign of claudius caesar which places him at the time of the apostles, Peter and Paul. The book of Acts refers to him in chapter eight. Simon taught that he was the son of God, destined to appear among the Jews. He claimed he would descend in Samaria as the father and among other nations as the Holy Ghost. He said he was was one with the father. He was always accompanied by his consort, Helen, a converted uh, prostitute from Tyre, as Bishop Iranius tells it. Simon claimed uh, she was the firstborn creation from his holy mind, the mother of all. Helen first gave Father Simon the idea to create angels. She brought Simon's will to the lower planes of materials, uh, material existence and made the world. She was held captive by the lower forces who refused to let her leave. They had no knowledge of Simon and enclosed her, uh, and enclosed her in a female human body. And she reincarnated incarnated as female for centuries. She claimed she was the same Helen of the Trojan War, Helen of Troy. She continued to degrade over time until she finally became a prostitute. She was the lost sheep spoken of in Luke 15, six, it was claimed. Simon, son of God came down to earth to rescue her. And while he was on earth, he would offer men his gnosis knowledge for their salvation. Simon claimed he was never really a man though. And though he appeared to suffer in Judea, he never, never really suffered. He stated that to believe in Simon is enough for salvation. And no further duties are required of his believers to be saved, as in Ephesians 2:8. Simon announced the world would eventually be dis- destroyed, but his believers would be saved from the dark forces which govern the lower plains. The followers of Simon cast out demons, handled snakes, laid on hands for healing, and performed all sorts of magical rituals. Sounds like he uh, took a page from the apostles and copied them with regards to talking about the end times. Well, Simon had a big following uh, for a while and filled large public arenas with people looking for healing and signs and wonders. Huh, does that sound familiar? It's very much like the same thing that uh, false teachers do today such as Benny Hinn and others. Hinn claimed that he had he and every Christian he and every Christian are the I am and that he was a little messiah. Hinn regularly gets special revelation knowledge from his God and always seems to make him look super spiritual I have a DVD I made a number of years ago with Mike Oppenheimer and Jacob Prash with many false teachings, many visions and false prophecies and demonic episodes regarding Benny Hinn. These types of men are Gnostics, not true Christians. They cannot do divine miracles, only tricks done by magicians who don't claim any divine assistance. On to verse 14, now I'm ready to visit you for a third time and I will not be a burden to you because what I want is not your possessions, but you. After all, children should not have to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. So I will very gladly spend for, for you everything I have and expend myself as well. If I love you more, will you love me less? Be that as it may, I have not been a burden to you, yet crafty fellow that I am, I caught you by trickery. Did I exploit you through any of the men I sent you? I urged Titus to go to you and I sent our brother with him. Titus didn't exploit you, did he? Did we not act in the same spirit and follow the same course? Paul is unlike the schemers and rip-off artists traveling around at that time trying to deceive believers, you know, wherever they went. He didn't want anything from them, but their love. He had already shown them and reminded them of what he had gone through for their benefit. Like a parent, he had saved up for their benefit and was not expecting anything in return, except their love. False teachers exploit people while making themselves look super spiritual. Paul admits he's not perfect and that he is weak and asks them to produce any evidence that he's been trying to trick them or exploit them in any way, either himself or Titus or any of the other men that he had sent. The men who were approved and sent by Paul treated the Corinthian church the same way Paul treated them. Verse 19, Have you been thinking all along that we've been defending ourselves to you? We have been speaking in the sight of God as those in Christ. And everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. For I'm afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, factions, slander, gossip, arrogance and disorder i'm afraid that when i come again my god will humble me before you and i'll be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity sexual sin and debauchery in which they have indulged paul did what he did in the full sight of god and with his approval Everything Paul and the others were doing was to strengthen the Corinthian Christians. Paul wanted to avoid any bad feelings when he came to them. The list of things that Paul didn't want to see is a good list to test your church with. Quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, factions, slander, gossip, arrogance, disorder. Ever had those in your church? Well, this had happened at Corinth, and Paul wanted to avoid that situation. He wanted to be sure that people who had engaged in impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery would have already truly repented as he had heard that they had. He didn't want to go back and confront people again for the same things he'd rebuked them for in the past. Paul, rather than the type of person who would get angry about their Lack of repentance would feel humbled by having to use his time there to correct wrongs, stop the quarreling, confront jealous factions, rebuke outbursts of anger, refute again slander and gossip about himself and others, and put those who are arrogant in their place, bringing this uh, and bring disorder into order. Can you imagine having to confront a situation like that and still do the ministry the Lord had called you to do? Paul didn't want to be the bearer of bad news yet again. He wanted to be sure that they put their house in order before he came to them. There's an old saying, if we put off repentance another day, we have a day more to repent of and a day less to repent in. Hi, this is Sandy Simpson again. Thank you for listening to one of our podcasts. You can come to my website apologetic coordination team at com, or go to our YouTube site called Act TV and check out our DVDs and books, etc. Thank you so much for checking this out.